When God takes away your dream, when God stops you from accomplishing your own ambition, how do you feel? An effective leader, a surrendered leader, will embrace God's plan for his life. He will depend on God's power. And lastly, he's after God's glory. You are listening to CCF Runthrough, timeless truths for today's life in just 30 minutes. If you want to hear more or know more about our ministry, please visit ccf.org.ph. Enjoy listening! The stewardship of influence. You are going to influence people, my friend, whether you like it or not, in your lifetime. My only question is, what kind? Positive or negative? The choice is yours. So would you like to learn for the next few weeks how to be a positive influencer for the Lord? Well, I have good news for you. Let's begin, all right? So, surrender leader is a positive influencer. Let's repeat that together. Surrendered leader, oxymoron. Leader, surrendered. Huh, what does that mean? Is a positive influencer. You know why? A leader that is not surrendered to God is dangerous. He can lead people astray. So let's look at Moses. You may ask me, why this guy? Because this guy, Moses, is an amazing character. You will see his life divided into different sections. First 40 years, second 40 years, and the last 40 years of his life. When Moses was born, people say he was born wrong time, wrong place. You know why? The policy of the government has changed. The policy of the government is to kill Jewish male children. Not children, infants. The moment you are born, the command is kill them. Moses was born in such a time. But the Bible tells us his parents had faith. So the parents tried to save his life. You all know the story. The word Moses means to draw out of the water. What the parents did is they put baby Moses in a basket, trying to make it waterproof. And then the sister of Moses made sure that the basket would flow down the Nile River. And then God amazingly touched another woman by the name, we don't know her name. She's called Pharaoh's daughter, a princess. So when the princess heard this baby crying in the basket, she opened the basket and her heart was touched. She decided, you know what? I'm gonna adopt this baby. When she made the decision to adopt the baby, the sister was nearby. The sister told the princess, Madam, would you like to have a yaya to help you bring up this baby, to be like the nursing mother for you? And the princess said, of course, I would love to. Who was the yaya? The mother of Moses. That's the background of the story. So now, let's read the next verse. 22. Because he was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, he is now a prince. And being a prince, 
he was able to study in the most or best educational center in the country, the university of whatever you want to call it. Moses was educated in all the learning of the Egyptian. Do you know the Egyptians were advanced in science, in math, in, in architecture, in medicine? The Bible tells us Moses was educated in administration, in military warfare. Moses was educated very well. And the Bible tells us he was a man of power in words and deeds. Josephus, the famous historian who was not a Christian, or maybe he became one later, I don't know. He was a Jewish historian hired by the Roman government. He said, Moses led amazing military campaign in Ethiopia. He was a victorious general. So I want you to know something about Moses. Moses was well-trained. The Bible tells us when he was approaching the age of 40, it entered his mind to visit his brethren, the sons of Israel. Now let me ask you a question. How in the world did he know that he was Jewish? Why did he identify eventually with the Jewish people? Never underestimate the influence of a mother and a father. I believe when Moses was growing up, his mother told him, Moses, you are the people of God. We are stranger in this country. Read the next verse. When he saw one of them being treated unjustly, you see, Moses wanted to be what? Change maker. He wanted justice. He defended him and took vengeance for the oppressed by striking down the Egyptian. Do you know it is not easy to kill, some, to kill somebody? You try killing somebody without a gun. Imagine, he killed the Egyptian. And he supposed that his brethren understood that God was granting them deliverance through him. So what was in Moses' heart? He wanted a change. Just like young people today, you want to do something positive for your country. You want social change. You want to be a change maker. Yes or no? The only question is this. What kind of change? How do you do it? I do not know what Moses was thinking, okay? But he really wanted a change by killing the Egyptian. On the following day, he appeared to them as they were fighting together, and he tried to reconcile them in peace, saying, Men, you are brethren. Why do you hurt one another? But the one who was injuring his neighbor pushed him away and saying, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? You do not mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian. At this remark, Moses fled, became an alien in the land of Midian. You see, sometimes the ways of God is different from us. What is the problem of young leaders? This is the problem of young leaders. Can I tell you? Young leaders oftentimes are impulsive. Young leaders are full of self-confidence. Young leaders wants everything in a hurry. 
They don't wait for God's time. They don't think through. But their heart is good. Their motives are good. I want to change. But oftentimes, it's not the right approach. So how do you teach a young leader like Moses, who is educated, was position, was title? How? Well, God has an amazing method. You know what was God's method? God had to send him away. Moses ran. He went to the wilderness. Let me show you a chart of Moses' life, okay? For the first 40 years of Moses' life, he thought he was somebody. He was a prince. Good education. He had authority. A life of luxury. He lived in the palace. Self-sufficient. Next 40 years, he learned he was a nobody. He was a shepherd in the wilderness, desert, all alone. His vision of saving his people died with him. Died. Hopeless. I'm a failure. And what was he learning? Humility. Now, it took God 40 years to transform Moses. How long will it take God to transform you? My wife said, please, encourage them. Don't tell them they have to wait for 40 years before they begin serving God properly, all right? It depends. For some people, you learn your lesson fast. I'm a slow learner. I'm still learning, okay? I don't know about you. And then when Moses was 80 years old, how many of you are 80 now? Raise your hand. 80, 80 years old. Hallelujah. Now you are ready to serve God. 80. And anybody else 80 and up? Guys, what I'm learning from Moses, it's never too late. It's never too late to change. In fact, Moses will have a new song. Life begins when you are 80. Wow. When Moses was 80, he discovered what God can do with a nobody. He had an, a personal encounter with God. When he was younger, he knew about God from his parents. But at the age of 80, God took the initiative to have a one-on-one -on -one discussion with Moses. I call this a personal encounter with God. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be a positive influencer, you need to have an encounter with God. So three points I want to highlight. After you have an encounter with God, you will learn to surrender everything to God. You will surrender to God's plan. You will begin to depend on God's power. And lastly, you will seek God's glory. There are many more qualities you can learn about Moses, but I just want to highlight these three simple qualities. The quality of pursuing God's plan for his life. What do I mean? All right, let's look at Acts 7, 30, 31. After 40 years had passed, Moses is now 80 years old. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in Mount Sinai in the flame of burning thorn bush. When Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight. And as he approached to look, there came the voice of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know that God is always presenting to you a burning bush? God is always wanting to get your attention. But because you and I are too busy, God has to bring Moses to the wilderness so he'll be all alone. Now, let's continue reading. 
The Bible tells us, when God spoke to Moses, Moses was ready to listen. Now, this is God's initiative. I want you to learn. God wants you to be a good leader. So God initiates. God tells Moses, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is telling Moses, I am the eternal God. Your forefathers, before you were even born, I am alive. And up to now, I'm still alive. I am God. And then God continued. The Lord said to him, take off the sandals from your feet. The place in which you are standing is holy ground. In other words, once you have an encounter with God, this is my own experience. Once you have a personal encounter with God, you begin to understand your own sinfulness and you begin to see God's holiness. The closer you are to God, the less you will attack others, the more you see your own sinfulness, the more you see your need of God. And God is telling Moses, Moses, remove the sandals. I'm holy. And the Bible tells us, Moses shook with fear. In God's presence, you realize who the boss is, the king of kings, the holy God. And then God gave Moses his plan. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people. I've heard of their groans, and I have come down to rescue them. God is telling Moses, I know what's going on. Can I tell you something? God knows your pain. God knows your struggle. God knows what's happening to your environment. God is saying, I know. I want to do something about it. You know, at this point, I'm sure Moses was so excited. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Finally, I'm now 80. You will calm down. You will do it. Except Moses got the shock of the next statement. The next statement says, all right, Moses, come. I will send you. Uy, Lord, hindi lang pinag-usapan natin. See, God says, I will come down. I will save them. But what is God's method? I will send you. You see, folks, once God gives you that dream in your heart, that vision in your life that you can make a better Philippines, you can make your family better, you can make your company better, you know that vision is coming from God. God wants to work in and through you. And many times, I know what you will do. You will be exactly like Moses. Moses gave God five excuses. Huh. Do you know what are the excuses? So far, are we clear? That God gave Moses his plan. What is God's plan? I'm going to use you. I'm going to send you. So far, so good? Look at Exodus 3, verse 10. Let's read that together one more time. Therefore, come, I will what? Send you to Pharaoh. That's my plan. I'll send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people out of Egypt. Now, be honest with me. If you were Moses, what would you just do? Now, be honest. You now go to the dictator called King Pharaoh. You tell him, let my people go. If you were Moses, what would you do? I tell you, Moses, principle number one, you need to make a decision. Will you follow God's plan for your life or will you not? You know what Moses did? 
in Hebrews 11, Moses made a choice. Moses, by faith, you got to make a faith decision when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. To follow God's plan for your life, you need to know him and you need to trust him. That's what Moses is learning. I love this phrase. He would rather suffer ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Young people, I want you to know something about sin. Sin is pleasurable, but it's temporal. You all know it. You commit any sin, it gives you temporal joy, temporal pleasure. But at the end, it bites. That's the reality of life. And God is saying, are you going to surrender everything to me? And the Bible tells us, he considered the reproach of Christ. Notice, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. He was looking for a reward. You see, Moses is able to choose to follow God because of eternal perspective. This is amazing. The Bible tells us Moses was looking to the reward. You see, following God is not a martyr. It's not being a martyr. When you follow God, you are only being wise. It is the most logical thing to do. But if you don't know God, for you, it is the most stupid thing to do. Do you now understand why some people will die for God and some people will deny God? What's the difference? Do you know God? If you know God, I don't know why you will ever deny Him. If you know God, I do not know why you will never commit everything to Him. Unless you don't know God, and what you have is religion. Religion will make you turn away from whoever you are worshiping. Because religion, eventually, is a worship of yourself. But Christianity is different. It is God. Are you pursuing God's plan, God's agenda for your life? Are you living in accordance with this purpose? Friends, you've got to make a choice. Moses made a choice to embrace God's plan for his life. I made a choice years ago. Many of you may have heard my story, but years ago, my dream was to become the richest man in Asia. I was a Christian, but I felt like I can make money for God. I pursued business. Believe it or not, I got sick. For the first time in my life, I was hospitalized. You know, in the hospital room, you have time. You have lots of time. You can reflect. You can think. And that's what happened to me for a couple of days. And I began to discuss with God what He wants to do with my life. And that was the time when God said, Stop playing games. I want your life completely. And I knew what that meant. You see, I was teaching Bible, and I can easily leave people behind. But God told me, I want you to start a movement. I want you to start a New Testament church. When I heard New Testament church, I don't want church. Can I tell you why? Because once you start a church, you become a pastor. And once you become a pastor, you cannot leave your flock. You are stuck with them. 
Understand? I'm stuck with you. Do you understand the meaning of that? And the problem with church is not the building. The problem with church will be what? Church people. And church people are messy. So I said, Lord, if I start a church, and God says, precisely, you disciple them. And my friend, that is the journey of your pastor. I love you. Next. You know, you need God's power. You know why you need God's power? Let me share with you. Look at the excuses of Moses. Moses gave God five excuses. Who am I? It's all about his own ability. What is his name? Do you have that excuses? God is telling you to do something. You say, Lord, sino naman ako? Lord, what will I say? What if they will not believe me or listen to me? Is that your fear? Of course, that's your fear. That's my fear. I have never been, nako, nagsinungaling si Moses. I have never been eloquent, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. In the book of Acts, he was mighty in words. How come 80 years later, he says, I have never been eloquent? I'm slow of speech. Excuses after excuses. You know, some of you, God is telling you to start a small group. I know, as I look at you, you have been here for many years, and God is saying you have been a small group member. Now, start one. And these are your excuses. Who am I? What will I say? What if they don't believe me? What if they won't join me? I've never been eloquent. Now, Lord, send the message by whomever you will. Lord, yes, use somebody else. Okay, Lord, I will serve you. Send my brother. Lord, I will send you. Send him. That's our excuses, yes or no? Now, let me ask you, how many of you are actively pursuing God's plan for your life right now? You are actively serving God. Raise your hand. See, hey guys, I pray before I die. All of you will raise your hands, okay? You know why? Because God saved you to serve. God did not save you to sit. You love to sit every Sunday. Nice air-conditioned room. Nice music. But that is not God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life is to what? Serve. Until you are serving God, until you are discipling people, my friend, you are not yet following God's plan for your life. Because God gave us a mission like he gave Moses. God is telling you, telling me, go into all the world and what? Make disciples. And God is telling you in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you have no excuse. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Notice, you will receive power. You need power to live the Christian life. So Moses needed God's power. You need God's power. And God is saying, I will give you the power. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. In other words, when God gives you a command, he gives you the power. All right? So... How can you be a surrendered leader? Surrender to God's plan. Embrace God's power for your life because you cannot do it on your own. Do you know an example of how God showed Moses the need for his power? God led Moses and his people out of Egypt. And the Bible tells us when he was leaving Egypt, he was running away from Pharaoh. God told Moses, make a U-turn. So Moses made a U-turn. And when he made a U-turn, he was facing the Red Sea. He was facing the sea. And behind him was the desert. 
Guess what happened? Why did God ask Moses to make a U-turn in order to face the sea? To teach Moses, you need me. And that's exactly what happened. You want to see that miracle? Look at the book of Exodus. When they were facing the Red Sea, Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord. When you read Exodus 14, you will see the predicament of the people. And God is, Moses is telling the people, relax. Do not fear. Everybody read. Stand by. Stand by. Relax. Stand by. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. The Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. This is an amazing illustration of why you and I need God's power. You and I are always fighting spiritual warfare. If you have a boss, if you have people who are difficult for you, and you are facing the Red Sea in your life, I want you to remember this story. God is saying, you pray. Trust me. Look at the next verse. The Lord said to Moses, why are you still crying to me? Enough. You prayed enough. Tell the sons of Israel, go. Move forward. As for you, lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide the sea. What kind of a command is this? Divide Manila Bay. Excuse me, Lord, how will I do that? And the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. And the rest is history. God's plan, God's power, and God's glory. What do you mean by God's glory? You know, many people don't realize that God commands us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, whatever you do, you must do all for the glory of God. Friends, how do you make decisions? You need to make decisions based on this question. Will this bring glory to God or will it not? Do you know God gave Moses two opportunities to bring glory to himself? Opportunity number one, you find that in Exodus. When the people were so idolatrous, God is so angry because God is holy, and God told Moses, Moses, if you read in Exodus chapter 32, God told Moses, I've seen these people, they're obstinate. What is obstinate in Tagalog? Matigas ang ulo. Now, can you tap yourself on the head? Now, are you obstinate? Matigas bang ulo mo? You know, I'm a stubborn person. These people are so obstinate. Leave me alone that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them and I will make of you a great nation. God offered Moses, all of these people who are causing you a problem, paritan natin yan. I'll give you a new church. You know what Moses said? Read the following. Moses said, why does your anger burn against your people? Lord, why are you going to do that? Notice, he was after God's glory. Why should the Egyptians say with evil intent, he brought them out to kill them and to destroy them from the face of the earth? Lord, what about your reputation? What will the people say about you? Was Moses after God's reputation? Yes or no? What about you? Opportunity number two. Numbers. Look at the book of Numbers. In the book of Numbers, the Bible tells us 
God was so angry with the people because they did not believe him. They did not trust him. They were maligning God. How long will these people spurn me? How long will they not believe in me? Despite all the signs I've done for them. In fact, God enumerated. I have given them 10 signs. And yet they still don't believe me. What was God's plan? I, everybody read. I will smite them with pestilence and dispossess them. And I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than them. Now, if you were Moses, what will you say? Sige nga, Lord. Sige. No, no. My friend, look at the logic of Moses. He never says, Lord, you don't have a right to kill them. Because Moses knew God is the creator and God is God. God has every right to do whatever he wants to do. Yes or no? Killing all of these people, no problem. God is holy. God is the right. But Moses never used that argument. You know what Moses did? Lord, what about your reputation? Read the next verse. Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear of it. By your strength, you brought them up. If you slay these people as one man, then the nations, everybody read together, the nations who have heard of your fame will say, because the Lord could not bring these people into the land which he mispromised them by oath. Therefore, he killed them. Moses is telling God, Lord, what about your reputation? Honestly, why should you care about God's reputation? I discovered something. You will care about God's reputation if you love him. Let me repeat. If you love God more than you love yourself, you will always be thinking, what about your reputation? You see, Moses had an intimate relationship with God. Moses knew God. Moses walked with God for many years. And Moses knew the most important thing is God's honor, God's glory. My friend, you and I were created to bring glory and honor to God because he alone deserves our glory. And if you don't walk with God properly, my concern is you don't bring glory to God. And what is sadder is when we bring shame to the name of God. You know, my heart breaks when I hear leaders fighting among themselves. When I see Christians don't, loving, don't love each other, it's very sad. You know why it's very sad? Because we don't bring glory, honor to God. For Moses, his desire is to bring honor and glory to God. Do you know at the end of Moses' life, God told him, Moses, you are not going to enter the promised land. If you were Moses, how would you feel? God told Moses, Moses, because of your sin. You see, Moses was not perfect. He did something that is not honoring to God. And God said, Moses, because of that, you are not going to enter the promised land. You know, if you were Moses, how would you feel? Lord, I spent all my life bringing these people as you ordered me to do. I suffered with them. I walked with them. And now I'm going to enter the promised land. Moses is now around 120 years old. And God said, uh-uh, Moses, you are not going to enter the promised land. If you were Moses, what will you do? I know what I will do. Hopefully not. In Tagalog, dadabog, dabogga. In English, daybog and daybog. You'll be sulking. You'll be grumbling. You'll be complaining. 
But you know what Moses did? Let me share with you. Moses is amazing. He accepted God's decision. You know why? He loved God. He trusted God. He's after God's glory. If you look at his prayer, you know, Moses pleaded with God, okay, in Deuteronomy, in, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 3, Moses pleaded. Moses said, Lord, I pray, cross over. Let me cross over. Let me see the fair land that is beyond the Jordan, the good hill country. Lord, please let me enter. He appealed again to God. You know how God replied? By the way, nothing wrong with appealing. You know how God replied? This is how God replied. The Lord was angry with me on your account and would not listen to me. And the Lord said to me, enough. Speak to me no more of this matter. Sakit no? Tama na. Stop appealing to me. Moses told God, Lord, if I'm not going to enter, who will be the leader? Lord, you better appoint a leader. And God said, you appoint Joshua. And that's what Moses did. Moses was not reluctant. The Bible tells us, if you continue reading the story of Moses, you know, the most amazing thing is this. You know, the Bible tells us, the Lord said to Moses, take now Joshua, the son of Nun, because Moses asked God, who should take my position? A man in whom is the spirit and lay your hand on him and have him stand before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation and commission him in their sight. Read the next verse. And the Bible tells us, he laid his hands on him, commissioned him as the Lord had spoken through Moses. Did, was Moses faithful to God? You see, my friend, when God takes away your dream, when God stops you from accomplishing your own ambition, how do you feel? An effective leader, a surrendered leader, will embrace God's plan for his life. He will depend on God's power. And lastly, he's after God's glory. Moses said, okay, Lord, for your sake, for the sake of your glory, I don't have to enter the promised land. This is one thing I learned. Many of us have dreams, we have ambitions. And sometimes you feel God owes you an obligation to fulfill your hopes and dreams. And sometimes your dream can become an idol. You know what is, what is an idol? An idol is anything that you feel you need to have. Let me repeat. An idol is anything you feel you need to have in order to really be happy. That's your idol. For some people, it's a girlfriend. For some people, it's their children. You love them so much, you cling on to them. For some people, you cling on to your dreams, to your hopes. My friend, you need to be a surrendered leader. A surrendered leader is somebody who is so God-centered. You surrender your dreams, you surrender your hopes, you surrender all your plans. Let me tell you why. Are all dreams fulfilled in this lifetime? Oh, you cannot answer me. You know why? I'll now teach you theology. When God gives you a dream, do you know God has eternity to fulfill those dreams for your life? Did Moses enter the promised land? Yes or no? 
Louder. Yes. You know when he entered? In the book of Matthew. Let me show you. In the book of Matthew, six days later, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, and they were on the high mountain. This is now the promised land in Israel. And guess what happened? Who was there? Read the next verse. The Bible tells us he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His garments became as white as light. And Moses. What's my point? God has all eternity to fulfill his plans and his dreams for your life. Not everything is now. Until you have that eternal perspective, you will not embrace God's plan for your life. You will not really live a life completely by faith, depending on God's power. And lastly, you will not seek after God's glory. You will be after yourself. And I have discovered that Christian life is not about you, it's not about me. It's about God. Do you, do you want to live a life that's pleasing to God? All right. Well, be a surrendered leader. A surrendered leader is a positive influencer. Let's bow our heads. I want you to pray today. This simple prayer, Lord, I surrender everything. If you are willing to pray that prayer, Lord, I surrender all. I want to be a surrendered leader. I surrender my dreams, my hopes, my own plans. I surrender them to you. If you are willing to make that prayer, why don't you pray that prayer right now? And say, Lord, I trust you. Starting today, I will follow you. If you have prayed that prayer and you are committed to follow through with that commitment of yours, a surrendered life, surrendered leader, and that's your commitment, I want to pray for you. If that's your commitment, why don't you stand up? I'll pray for you. Praise God. Between you and God, you want to surrender your life to Him completely. You want to embrace His plan for your life, His purpose for your life. You want to depend upon Him for the rest of your life through His power. And lastly, you want to live for His glory. You want to seek His glory, not your glory. When you make decisions, it's not about you. It's always, will this bring glory to the Lord? And if you commit to do those things, I guarantee you something. The secret of the Christian life is letting God to have complete control over your life, in and through your life, because you are channels of God's blessings. You are not the source. You and I are instruments of God's blessing. And if that's your prayer... It's never too late. You stand up. Now, if there is something in your life that is blocking you from committing your life to Him, God sees it, God knows it. But can I tell you, I'll pray for you also. If there is something that's blocking you and you're reluctant to stand up, I want you to take a step of faith and I'll pray for your deliverance. Is there anybody like that? God is telling you, stand up, but you don't want to stand up? Because you're holding on to sin. You're holding on to your own plan. You're refusing Him. 
God knows, God sees you, and God loves you, I, I suggest you stand up also. I'll pray for you. If there's anybody struggling, God knows your struggle. It can be sin, it can be a relationship, whatever it is. Father God in heaven, I commit to you, these people who have stood up, they love you as you have loved them. At the same time, some of them are scared because, Lord, it can be scary to commit everything to you. It can be scary to trust you completely because sometimes we don't understand your ways. But, Father, I pray you will honor the faith of your children, the faith of your people here today. This simple act of faith, surrendering their lives by standing up to you, Lord, I pray that they will experience your very presence. They will experience your power, your comfort. And above all, our lives will bring glory and honor to your name. Thank you for these people. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen and amen. God bless.